Hello. Welcome to um, How Not To Be An Asshole. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> that was some good material there. It was crazy. Uh, so that's something you can't talk about. He's actually up to something. We know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> just like a bore our listeners for a little while and then we come and do yeah, stuff. Don't feel a bit more serious. Why are you going to contradict me for? <laughs> I love the story so much. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, shit. Hello. Welcome. We're back. Episode 51. We've got a fucking guest this time. Yeah. Since no one yeah. listened to the one with no guests. So fuck <laughs> did, you. Didn't they? Oh, I mean, some, some people did. Oh, shit. We got a little bit of feedback. Yeah. Um, what was the feedback? Get a guest. Heard your podcast. Your oh. podcast is back. Oh, yeah. I met some people on the weekend. Some drunk people who were saying, yeah, cool podcast. Yeah, someone screamed podcast at me um on the weekend too. just the word podcast yeah so i, I imagine that's related to this yeah but impl- that neither implies whether they appreciate the podcast or hate it but they do know that i make uh, a podcast a, yeah, you know so that's something yeah getting um, out there dan um dan's that? here everyone that's, a, that's one good thing about the other if, if people didn't listen to the last podcast and you want to get to know dan a little bit more yeah i suggest you get in there there's heaps there's like at least 30 percent more dan in that podcast than yeah but now ones. he's back in the shadows Mm. A fucking enigma. Thanks to our sponsors. Yeah, shout out sponsors. Halatel. Halatel. Who else? Uh, I'm not going for this again. Um, don't know who they are. We're kind of out of practice. With yeah, that now. no, but we're going to be back in the game. I'm lining up new guests. We haven't forgotten you. We just kind of have. We yeah. Just remind us. Um, <laughs> what else? Fucking oh, what a crazy week it's been. Has it? Yeah. You don't it's, think so? It just started. Well, I mean... The week passed. Well, the, the, the week since we, we did the last podcast. What happened? Well, the world's economy's kind oh, of right. collapsing. Yeah, okay. I had to... Um, I was in bed when that happened. My neck's really sore. So oh. I've just been <laughs> occupying a lot of my time and energy. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and world news, Brexit and Dom's neck is sore. No, it's horrible because you can't get... If your neck's sore, you can't get fucking comfortable. It's not like mm. you have a sore leg we can just lie down. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, I've had Fuck, a... there's something else that's happened though. Is there something else happened in the world? Well, I, I had... Should I, should I like introduce myself? Oh no, we're gonna, we... we'll usually have a chat before, but you can. Should oh. we just introduce you? <laughs> no. No, we'll introduce you now. Sorry. Okay, today's guest... Awkward. <laughs> ...is rearing, <laughs> okay. rearing to go. Yeah. Um, is Chloe Ann King. Um, is an expert in all things... How would you describe yourself? Um, like... I guess like I've been... I work as a rights activist since I was like, my mum pretty much raised me on the picket line. So, um, yeah, I've been a work as a rights activist since I was really young, been engaged in like indigenous struggles with my mates, which is cool. And um, yeah, I have 10 years of working shitty, low paid, precarious work. So I have a lot to say on that. Mm. Well, you always have good things on your your Facebook. Yeah, Um, yeah. Good, angry political posts. Yeah, and I write for like um, sites online, like overseas and stuff and finally got published in a book which was exciting so, so what was yeah. the book um i'm gonna so mispronounce it and morgan <laughs> godfrey is gonna kill me but we all mispronounce it so it's a it's an intronym and it's all it's just young writers writing about different issues and mine was on welfare and precarious work so awesome yeah. what's the, sorry what's the word precarious precarious so p-r-e C-I-O-U-S, so precarious. Oh, which is right. like, yeah, 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 precarious, like, right, insecure, right. like insecure work, yeah. effectively. So like, like all the jobs we've ever had. Yeah, pretty much. Right. All the jobs that mm. pretty much create a really insecure life. Mm. Yeah. And it's pretty stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I had, um, the job that I got now is the first time I've ever signed a contract with a job. Mm. Yeah. Do you know the interesting thing about that? A lot of workers who don't sign contracts think they have no rights, but mm. actually when you don't sign a contract, um, anything that your boss says to you, like whether they promise you shift, is now a ver- verbally binding contract, mm. and it actually falls in the workers' favour. It's just most workers aren't unionised, so yeah, yeah. they get. The other problem is that you have to you, most jobs, like you know, you, you're working with your boss, so it's really hard to sort of be like, "Fuck you, mm. you owe me this," and then you come the next day and see them, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I have done that though. Actually, it's not that bad. And, yeah. a lot, and a lot of informal kind of work situations. I've been having this conversation heaps lately with people and like say I'll find out or they will tell me that they could get paid more at a different place 
but the people they work for are really nice yeah, and, yeah, and shit yeah. like that. I'm like, yeah. man, you should demand what you're worth. And they'll be like, oh, but you know, we're kind of friends. I kind of like them. I was like, what is happening here is, okay, they are behaving like your friend, but there's two there's two parts of this relationship you have with this person. There's the business relationship and then there's the friendship relationship. And the friendship relationship is encroaching and taking, allowing them to take advantage of your business relationship. When really it should be the other way, and, right? If they're your yeah, friend, yeah, you like, should look after them. That doesn't yeah. particularly sound like a friend. That sounds like an employer taking advantage of a situation to benefit mm. them financially. Yeah, totally. You know, and like really any, most evidence you read about like your like putting up the minimum wage or actually paying a living wage, which I think now sits from next month at nineteen eighty an hour. Is there's no proof that's the minimum gonna, wage. Yeah, yeah, no, or that's the li- a living, living wage. wage. Minimum yeah. wage has like just been bumped over to fifteen dollars an hour thanks to Unite Union. Please join a union if you're a worker. Um, mm. But yeah, so I. So think, how would people join a union? Like if some of um, our listeners are. It is interested. problematic in some ways because we've got this rise of like job shares, which means you can't join a union, stuff like that. But it really depends what you are. If you're a retail worker, hospo, hospo, you're etu, um, retail, you'd be like first union. There's lots of different unions that mm. represent different workers, and like there are so many benefits. Like you know, because there is this massive rise of of insecure labour. But when you join a union, it, it gives you security. Mm. Like, because if, if you feel like, if you walk into your shit bar job and they've cut your shifts in half, and but you're on a casual contract, there's not much you can do about it. But if you're unionized, you get a lawyer, you get reps, mm. and you can fight that shit. Mm. I think yeah. it's important. I think it's vital. One of my really good friends is a unionist, and like, it's like whenever I go and talk to her, and she's like, and then we got this, and we got this for these people, and it's yeah. like, fuck yeah, like, I wish yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would have worked a job that could be. Because Hospo generally isn't unionized so, so is it hospitality even though it's like the biggest growing sector of work like you know tourism and hospitality and like if you look at somewhere like the viaduct which is actually interestingly enough owned by one company mm. like one viaduct. company most of it now like bluestone room like 16 ton whatever they're all owned by the same company so that's a really good point where we could go in and start organizing whole entire sectors mm. so that's something that i'm looking at at the moment but yeah so um, I guess what was the question? No, I think. Oh, I was just saying, can so with Hospo, oh, right, yeah, there, yeah, there is there is they can be unionized, but generally they're well, not. Well, the problem is that it's like so unregulated. It's we've got no protections, we've got no rights. Um, we're all put on casual contracts, generally speaking. Our union is Etu. Um, they have not really done the best job. So I'm what I'm doing at the moment is I'm moving. Um, I've got a lawyer who's prepared to work with me. Um, and we're putting together a strategy to go into places like the Viaduct and to start unionizing hospital mm. workers. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've actually like dreamed about this probably for 10 years, like strengthening workers' rights in hospitality. Mm. And it's just, I really think it, because increasingly that's all young people can get, like yeah, shit hospital yeah, jobs. Yeah. Well, so often, yeah. like, especially when I was working in Melbourne, you'd go get a job and they say, oh, this is, you know, it's this much an hour. And you start working there and then you realize that they're not paying you tax. They're not paying tax yeah. and they're just mm. giving you cash in hand and, and then you just end up in this weird situation where it's like, I'm not even technically working here. Like, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's, that's why it's so exploitative, that industry, because it's often entry-level work, right? And but, but is it anymore? Do you know what no, I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But I think a lot of people who go into hospital perhaps unskilled and, you know, yeah. and then yeah. so they're like, oh, fuck just thankful they got a job and will take whatever but treatment they get. You I know? think I think that's you know this we should I think when you said, you know, they're thankful, like I mm. think that's a really interesting point to make because overwhelmingly, um, no matter how exploitative a job is, how lowly paid, no chance of progression, mm. like how sh- no matter how shit it is, I think particularly if you're poor or born into the lower classes, mm. working class, whatever, you're forced you're told that you should be grateful. Mm. And I yeah, think that, yeah. how pacifying is that? To yeah, tell people absolutely. to be grateful for what you have. And mm. it's kind of seizing on this whole entire like sale of spirituality where it's like, you know, just think positive about your life and your attitude can change everything and be mm. grateful you're yeah, not yeah, fucking yeah. homeless. It's yeah. like, how, how, like, what do you even say to that? What a horrible thing to say to mm. someone working a minimum wage job. Like, yeah. to be grateful for it. Yeah, and that up. also stops them from unionizing. Yeah. And that also stops them from like standing up and fighting back. Well, I remember sure. when I... Um, yeah when I was chefing and I got to the point where I was actually okay at it and then it was the first time I was like 
because yeah, I remember trying to leave a job and the boss gave me a pay rise and I was like oh shit like you Great. actually need me like you know mm. this is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've had that happen before that's a nice feeling right yeah. and it's very rare like, I, I worked yeah. at New Zealand Post like just for a couple of months and um, I missed a couple of days I didn't really want to be there and then yeah it was, <laughs> it was a shit job I had to get up at like 5 in the morning whatever it sucked anyway they like pulled me called me into the office for the heavy meeting and they were like, oh, you know, blah, 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 you missed this day, this happened. And they're like, well, um, yeah, we might have to let you go. And I was like, all good, like, I'll quit. And they were like, oh, well, you don't, you don't, we're not saying you have to finish today. And I was like, yeah, I understand that, but I'm done, I'm quitting. <laughs> and then they just started backpedaling real quick, and I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Because I thought when I said I'd quit, they'd be like, yeah, fuck off then. <laughs> And everyone yeah, would yeah. be happy, but well, they needed to train someone else, and it was Christmas. And it's going to cost and, them yeah. a lot of money. Did you and get a pay rise? No, nah, I just left. <laughs> yeah, like, but, you know, it's yeah. nice to know that you actually had, like, almost in some ways some bargaining power. Mm. But I think that, well, that's the other thing as well. Like, overwhelmingly, when it comes to the jobs we're working, yeah, we don't have that. Like, we, you know, we're, we are completely replaceable. And mm. we know that. And mm. we, I mean, I, I worked hospital for 10 years. And like, you know, you, we talked about how it's, you know, meant to be unskilled labor, but that's not actually true in every country. Yeah. You go to Australia, I've worked in Australia, it's seen as highly skilled work. Right. So you're paid well, you get, generally speaking, penalty rates. So we're talking like $35 an hour on a Sunday. Mm. And um, I think that it's also how we view it as unskilled. And can you please tell me what unskilled labor actually is? Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? I think that when we call bar jobs or retail jobs or anything mm. like that unskilled, it's a way to pay us less. It's a way to make us feel like shit. And it's mm. a way to say what we're doing has no real value. Well, why don't you spend eight to 10 hours, sometimes 15 hours a day, smiling your ass off at rude ass mm. customers that are, that are ungrateful and work, you know, pour 15 cocktails, remember them off by heart, make some coffee, do the floor, and you tell me that's unskilled. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, is it really unskilled? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, I know something both Dom and I have been, like, just kind of learning to harness in the last few years is using skills built through experience and, you know, uh, skills just based on who we are as people and applying them and getting paid for them mm. which is something yeah. you don't like yeah. you know when you're talking about skills and being unskilled it's like everyone has talents and skills and but you're not really ever taught to um capitalize on them as way of a job you know there's just these traditional pathways to employment yeah. but yeah yeah totally and i think like even doing a job like washing dishes which doesn't you know there isn't a lot of skill to that but there is there's another thing to it which is just like being able to work that hard for that long period of time to mm. be you know keep working when you cut yourself or you burn yourself or you know and it just it's a be, skill being able to eat shit for yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. And to be able to put up with yeah. that it's 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 you know um oh my like, god I, it, and it's, I can't you know, believe I did, well, it, used to do that yeah like I've been a dishwasher I've been a cleaner I've I've done every kind of shit service work imaginable basically and um and it's funny though because we you know before we were talking about how, you know, these are unskilled jobs, it's like, but I think there is a real rise of, obviously, I mean, I've got two undergrads and two postgraduates. Do you know what I mean? You've got two postgraduates? Yeah. So it's not that I'm unskilled. I, I did arts and I, I want to be a writer and an artist. And if you, the thing is in this kind of like neoliberal economy that is ruthlessly like pitted workers against each other because it's, it's created job insecurity, all of that. Um, what happens is, I don't know, I like to, when I was on the TPPA blockade, like Lisa Owens was like, you know, do you want to just sum this up for me? And I was like, well, what's happened is neoliberalism has created the, the hunger games of the working classes. Mm. So we're continuously pitted against each other. So we're fighting it out for these jobs we don't really want. And then when we're working them, we don't get leisure time. We don't mm. get time to write, to make art or any of that. Yeah. So it's like what you guys are talking about is very true. But how do we teach those skills to, to people who don't even have the time to develop that? Yeah, for sure. And um, that's a legitimate question, like, I'm asking mm. you. I don't, I, think, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right? like, like, We're just a couple I, of podcasts. Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. Like, it's a question to think about. Mm, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, totally. It's not a question I expect you to be like, yeah, I've got the answer. Dan, have you got... Well, we... Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. No, it's a question just to think about. Yeah, particularly know? with the future we're moving into as well. Like, I think that's a really important question to ask. And the the young people 
um, Dom and I work with, like I work closely with them on their transitions out of alternative education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's a big thing is like, and I don't know how much schools have changed their approach to this, but when I'm talking to a young person about their transition, the first thing is like, what do you like? And like not in a fucking jobs context Maybe. or that, it's well, just like what do you answer. like? What interests you? That's and true. like and it could be anything, like just think massive. Like in a perfect world, perfect scenario, what do you like? And like what would you like to investigate or know more about or and you know, not just trying to focus in on one thing and being like, Yeah, we can explore all these things like if you have a number of interests and then we can look at how those particular interests could be translated into work or that sort of thing which I think is a that didn't happen to me in school when I was in school I remember they asked me what I wanted to be and I was like I wanted to be like maybe a writer or maybe a musician and even laughed at me and someone and someone screamed out you're going to be on the dole (laughs) they were right they were right (laughs) but still but but, but that's the thing as well like you know Laurie Penny you know journalist um she, I, She's so I mean, awesome, eh? Yeah, I really love her work. And I think one of, the, one of the things, like, a lot of what she writes stands up to me, but she said, you know, the most important battles are fought on the territory of political imagination. And I think that's what you're talking about, right? Like, mm. so often, like, be, if, if you're born into a certain class, I mean, we, don't, we, we think we don't have a class problem in this country. We mm. do. We do have class war in this country. It's mm. structural. It's racist. It's gendered. Mm. Well, I don't think anyone that's been on the wrong side of that who understands it yeah. says that it's only nah, people that are on the either nah. through you know lack of education don't understand what class is or how it's affecting them yeah, or yeah, yeah, is yeah. benefiting from it you know what I mean or they've internalised that 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 bullshit line that it, you know we're still an even playing field in this country we're oh, still yeah. I think that well, you it's can comfortable for a lot yeah. of people to believe that like it's that's much easier than knowing that there's fucking starving people in your country. Or and... that even a lot of what is happening is completely out of your control. It's mm. being, I mean, we want to believe we live in this individual, you know, individual, 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 I can't even say that. Um, world where like, you know, you are the master of your own destiny. Like, mm. you know, that kind of idea that you, you create your own universe, all of that bullshit. And we don't want to believe that that's not true. Yeah. That's hard. And I think I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've been thinking of, you know, um, political divides and class divides and whatnot. And I, fuck, like I've grown pretty sceptical, but a part of me wants to believe that a lot of humans, when um, approached with the realities of, of the need of others and then means of helping, I feel like most people would respond to that duty, or I'd like yeah. to think that yeah, most I, people I, I would. Think, I think you're but right. I think, I think but I think right. there's a massive gap there, though, that prevents that from happening. You know, like, um, and people are um, blissfully oblivious to to the need in this country and and poverty in this country and whatnot. And how do you how do you like present that reality to to people? Like, no, you go. No, you go. That's right. I was just gonna say that, like. You know, like recently for like two months, I had some money. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was, and I could see how mm. how easy it would be if I was always going to have that amount of money, which wasn't even that much, but it was enough that I could eat and pay my bills and do some stuff. That if you had that, you you know, you could feel the bubble. For, I mean, it's the same mm. when you're in Australia. You know mm. what I mean? You start yeah, existing in this bubble, and you can see. I mean, and that it's not necessarily people's fault because if it, no, no. if everyone you know is from the same class or at least yeah, acts yeah. like they are mm. yeah. and and you and you know and, and and you're just doing this nice stuff and you have some money and you yeah. get to go overseas and do all this stuff then yeah i no, i know what you mean because yeah for the first time in the last two months i managed to land a really decent well decent for me job like i'm still a receptionist and i'm barista like job share but it's yeah. with a really good company there's chance of progression what's a job share so job share means that you do two different things. So I'm on reception and I'm, I, I, one week I do barista, make coffee, the next week I just do reception and stuff. Mm. But it's with like a great company, there's progression, um, it's a livable wage, I have a salary. For the first time in my life I actually have a salary. Mm. That's the other thing, like wage work is fucking awful. Like, you know what, we always tell poor people to budget, but like you can't budget when you never know what your paycheck is going to be one week for the next. Mm. It's impossible. And that's yeah. all part of that precarious, insecure work. But it is like... For the first, like I, you know, I think the one thing, you know, Linda Terrador who came over recently, um, and she wrote hand to mouth being poor in a rich world. You know, she talks about how 
you know, when you're poor, like you just, you stop planning for the future because you just get your heart broken. Mm. Like you give up on your dreams and what you want to do because it's like, well, what's the point? Because if you don't have money, but now that I have money, I'm like, oh, maybe I could go overseas. I could, mm. you know? Yeah. 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 What do you think, Dan? You've been heartbroken? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Drink lots of whiskey. Um, while we're speaking about things like workers' rights and stuff, I just want to say I met people from Youth Law Aotearoa today, and they have a free um, legal surface, sur- surface, legal service for people under twenty five, which is really cool. I thought. Um, uh, and so they have an app as well that has all your rights around dealing with the police, your uh, workers' rights, um, legalities around sex and consent, uh, dealing with the courts, uh, your health and well-being, all sorts of stuff. So their 0800 number is 0800-UTH-LAW. Awesome. Mm, Maybe we should get them on the podcast. We should, actually. That'd be really cool. Um, but, yeah, they're doing good work. And... If people who work with young people are wanting to connect with them, then hit us up and I can put you in touch with them because they're researching at the moment and they're wanting to talk to lots of young people and people that work with young people. Awesome. Mm. One thing I can say before when you're talking about Linda's work is, do you think though, because I was thinking, um, I'm not saying that she does this, Mm. but I think that I have definitely done this in the past where you sort of have that thing where you're like, you get that kind of working class pride or that pride in being poor yeah. which I think in some ways is great you know and it's important and it's important that people don't feel ashamed but then also it can become a trap where you sort of like you know like I used to say things like fuck rich people and not yeah. you know if I found that people had money I wouldn't yeah. be friends with them pretty much you know yeah, what I mean yeah, 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 yeah. and um, obviously that's changed now but like I don't know like so what, I where, think, where's that yeah, balance in that you know like I definitely see what you're saying but like because you know I grew up in an environment where I that was a foreign thing to poor people I knew, like yeah. workers' pride and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's like, you know, there. I think so. Workers' pride is definitely empowering and important. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like then, because then you're like, oh well, you know, I'm gonna stay with my poor friends. We're gonna be poor, and this is our identity yeah. in a way. So, Financially castrating yeah, yourself. Yeah, like mm. I, I, I agree. Like I, t- I do understand what you guys are talking about because I actually have no intention of actively trying to access upward mobility and make lots of money that's not something I'm interested in um you know just as long as I have enough to survive and yeah I have in the last couple of years found a lot of pride in being working class and standing on the picket line and because that said like you know my community is pretty wide like I've got a best mate who's a millionaire and owns a really nice house in Greyland a best mate who voted John Key and we just voted for John Key and we just try very hard not to yell at each other. <laughs> and recently, we're not talking at the moment because of a certain incident about poverty shaming. Um, but but the thing is, yeah, I think it, I think I don't know. I I see what you guys are saying, but I think that people that are poor or working class have been shamed so violently in the media and by people like Mike, Mike Hoskins. I think we need a big push against that. Yeah, well. totally. And totally. I'm just saying that. Yeah. I, but you can shut yourself off to opportunity, yeah. right? Like, like, yeah, I, I, definitely. Yeah. I totally yeah, don't absolutely. know. Like, yeah. yeah, I've done it. Yeah. I've definitely done it. Yeah. Like, you know, I like, thought there's no point. I'm yeah. fucking useless. Like, yeah. you know, why bother to try? It's never going to work. And just bringing the attitude into, like, you'll meet with people who can help yeah. you in some way and you bring this attitude yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, And then obviously that. they get put off by the attitude mm. and you're like, well, fuck them anyway. Like, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you no, just get in that cycle. Like, um, you know, I mean, I think working for NRT, like that, helped with that so much yeah you know, definitely both of us yeah just because we met a lot of yeah you know wealthy people or yeah, people, yeah, at least yeah. people that are doing well who were just amazing yeah, yeah and yeah. just gave all of themselves yeah. um to helping others and use their privilege to change yeah. things you know yeah yeah um yeah. which is real eye-opening yeah i think uh, I, I i agree like i think that it is important to yeah not limit yourself like i think there is a line where obviously you can look at the economy and the kind of society we're living in and that can be really oppressive, but at the same time, there are limitations you can put on yourself and internalize. Mm. Mm. And I think it is an act of rebellion to push against that yourself yeah, and disrupt that. that really negative kind of thinking. Mm. Like, I've, you know, I've dug myself into terrible, depressive, suicidal fucking holes. Like, you know, and where I've just seriously been like, what's the point? Why am I even here anymore? Yeah. Like, I'm working free bar jobs. I've gotten nowhere. I've got massive student debt. I think that's when you look to your communities, whatever they may be. And yeah. for me, that is like my union community, my 
my mom who's a badass and is always on the picket line and fighting for healthcare workers at the moment and remembering that I actually do matter and that I have got something to contribute mm. is, is important. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think in talking about, you know, like with that pride and what you know and perhaps like being, because man, like, like I grew up not knowing shit about um, why people were poor mm. and you know I didn't have that education around it so people that do have that knowledge and understand it from within it as well then you kind of you kind of have a um, responsibility to advocate right so when I was talking before about the disconnect between the call of duty or responding to duty your human duty when you're a person in a position to help then you know perhaps those people who are educated poor are that conduit to those people yeah. you know so like and with if you have that like fuck you attitude then you're not gonna be that conduit because that's a good not... that's a really good point yeah yeah mm. yeah well i think you really notice like what you're saying about like that there is so much shame around poverty in in, in this country and in just in general um i really noticed that when like you know like i put out a poem where i'd just be talking about the most basic sort of working class kind of things and people like oh, it's so brave that you said that or whatever. And it's like, yeah, oh, these yeah, yeah. conversations that people are having. And then you realise that, you know, generally, like, working class people just don't have any voice. No. Mm. And, and how much that's changed because, you know, like, that's and that's definitely something that's changed in my lifetime, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a big shift. Yeah, I've noticed, like, because pretty much every day now, because I have written so extensively about what it means to work these horrible jobs. And, yeah, people would be like, wow, it's amazing you're talking about this. And I'm like, it's just my life, you know. And if I don't talk about it, I'm... I'm going to have to keep it all inside and that's pretty hard. And um, But like every day now I get workers, um, particularly in hospital, contacting me wanting like help and support or like people that are suffering from like welfare sanctions and I, you know, direct them to AAAP, mm. stuff like that. And I think there are these incredible grassroots organisations that are mm. really fighting for us as well. And yeah. that's where you can find a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyone that doesn't know, um, Auckland Action Gets Poverty, if you're having trouble with wins. Um, they do advocacy. Do, yeah, do amazing work. Just hit them up. They will go into wins with you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah go never to, go to wins by yourself. That's the other thing, man. Like, never go to wins by yourself. Mm. They will bully you. And they they actually, part of their training is that kind of whole positive attitude thing. They mm. actually use it as a tool. Like, so when you go in, they're like, well, have you been thinking positive enough about this? And you just <laughs> really? like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. And, like, this is the ironic thing. Like, I went to, I thought I might have to go on wins recently. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went to their stupid like meeting you have to go to and watch mm. those videos. Mm. Oh. But do you know all the jobs they're offering are precarious? They're like, you've got to find mm. full-time work. But mm. they're showing like hospital jobs. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. you can't get full-time work in hospital. Yeah. Crazy. I, I went through that experience recently. And then like um, how you're talking about being bullied. I had this woman cut my benefit because I missed a phone call from her. Yeah. And routine. then yeah yeah, yeah. and then like and it was at a real crucial time it always is if you're poor i guess yeah. um and then and so like i spent three days trying to contact her back couldn't get hold of her it's like oh you can cut like my income just for missing a call and then it takes me three days like actual whole days of like trying waiting trying trying to con email phone everything and then yeah, so I just I just went in on this person like via email once I finally got hold of her, and then the next time I went to go into Wins because I fucking like let her know because it was bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time I went to Wins, she'd taken herself off my case and I had a new caseworker. Because <laughs> like and but it was totally that thing. She was like she thought she could bully me and she was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. Use yeah. Are they always that, do that? And that the thing position. is like you you know particularly because yeah these things are connected you know mm. that chapter of the book i wrote was on precarious work and welfare and like what happens when you gut social safety nets like wins is that people are increasingly forced to take any job no matter how low paid or shit mm. no matter how sick they may be mm. or incapable of working my mum works in mental health there are people with schizophrenia who just cannot work mm. but and then these people are being pushed into jobs that they they can't maintain yeah yeah and the thing is that's what happens when you start gutting social safety nets increasingly we get more a more of a flooded workforce because people don't have time to find work that's even suitable for them yeah, yeah. and that's where that bullying comes from and it yeah. will only get worse unless yeah. we collectively start really pushing back and i mean we need some serious direct actions going on and people like hitting the streets like every mm. single day 
Yeah. It's hard though because it's like, you know, like most people that are in their situation are either like struggling on the benefit or and like you say, like shitty jobs. So it's like, it is hard for people to organize and. It is. It is. But I I think that, I think that there are opportunities. Like if you look at the fight for 15 movement in America, that only started three years ago. And that was like literally five or six people turned up, hung out, were like, oh my God, we need to be paid more than $7 an hour. Mm -hmm. And now across like so many states in America, they've won $15 an hour in fast food chains. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that those models of resistance can be, incredibly inspiring because you know fear is contagious and so is courage yeah so. maybe just what you should do for your spare time then yeah just you know Fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the listeners could see the look on Dan's face. It's a, it's a real keen. Do it. It's a real keen yeah. face. I love it. Get on some yeah. epilepsy drugs and get out I love there. It. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are we gonna talk about Brexit? Oh yeah, I interrupted Man. you guys because I got confused. Go ahead. I know. Uh, fuck all to very little about it. Yeah. Oh, what well, I just was saying to Chloe before like, though. I myself put... up today. Oh, oh really? Right. You got like notes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, Damn. it's because I've been a bit caught up by the stuff. What I do know is that, ah, uh, I think I've seen a couple because there's been because I've been in the UK lots and have lots of friends there, so I see heaps of conversation from people from the UK and Europe as well. People from Europe are talking about it. And I'd say like 90, upwards of 90% of the people on my Facebook that are talking about it are pissed at the result. Mm. Well, I guess from what, because when it first happened, I was like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? This is crazy. And then, mm. you know, and I was just like watching this, you could watch the stock market crashing mm. in real time. Mm. But, um, but then I sort of started thinking, well, hold on a second, like, what is the European Union? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. If you look at the way that they treated Greece um, with austerity measures and what they've done in Spain and stuff, like it's not like they're this um, amazing, um, benevolent right. organization. Yeah. But then obviously there, a lot of the reason why people left was through fear and um, racism xenophobia. and xenophobia. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 I don't know. It's, I mean, so, so the reasons why people voted don't perhaps line up with what... While leaving the EU yeah. might was be it? a good or bad thing, yeah. depending yeah. on where you stand on it. But I guess that, yeah, overwhelmingly the vote was quite right wing. And mm. I think that it probably will create a even less tolerant country and kind mm. country. And mm. do you know what I mean? Like it is going to, I mean, but then at the same time, they're like, oh, now Britain's going to head for a recession and people are going to lose jobs. It's like, well, People are already losing jobs and people are already feeling like there's a recession happening anyway. Mm. So it's this this kind of double take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think like, um, I don't know, it is it is really hard to see because, you know, like I was reading what John Pilger wrote and, yeah, then, and then I was John like Pilger watching some too. really good videos about it. But then, you know, obviously then you read the experiences of people that are actually there or like that are living in Europe and like, shit, I'm going to have to go home well, now. It's mm. kind of like this whole, in some ways as well, like this revenge of the underclasses that we can see with Donald Trump in America and mm. like people, you know, instead of looking to the system, to these failed economic models that have, have caused so much widespread misery and mm. death because when, you know, people are really poor, suicide rates go up. Mm. This shit's all linked. Yeah, I just think that, I don't know, overwhelmingly... Yeah. I well, I guess I, I, I guess you know, like Marx talked about that. Like, um, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but it was something like, you know, if if you if the um the masses aren't educated, then they're going to rise up anyway. But yeah, it's just yeah, going to yeah, be sort yeah. of lashing out and like quite often mm. shooting yourself in the foot. And instead of like pushing to sabotage a fail failed system, what happens is that we start blaming immigrants and we start blaming poor people but that's what's always happened yeah you know i think I, mean? I think i saw on bill maher's show the other day and there was a poll done but uh about bernie sanders supporters that would now vote trump mm-hmm. and it was like a surprising number but it's like that thing you know it's disen uh disenchanted people you know oh. so God. very very opposite very opposing values yeah, but yeah, yeah. people that but are the, just it's like it's actually easy to swing either way and yeah. it's such a massive climate of austerity where people are really really feeling like the pinch of still the financial crisis that's mm. still impacting people's lives mm. on a daily basis like 
we haven't recovered, you know. Yeah, and yeah. people, it's funny, people think that it didn't touch anyone in New Zealand. That's what I always hear, like, at my work, actually. Like, oh, it didn't touch us. Well, it did if you were, like, poor. Mm, but it's yeah. just not so much the middle class. Yeah, well, national supporters will tell you that the, um, that the National Party did a stunning, a sterling effort of, uh, what was it, writing up the global international financial crisis yeah 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 yeah. Um, no, he, yeah no John Key's a genius do you not, yeah, do not know amazing. that no, sorry. he's amazing he's so much you could have a total beer with him and like hang out and talk shit yeah that would be sick yeah I'd love to do that that would make my fucking day we saw my Colin my friend Colin saw him at some event and he was like it was like someone's just drunk uncle just rambling nonsense and yeah, you know yeah, and you could yeah, see yeah. and he had this handle that couldn't have came on it was like you've had enough John and maybe it's time him to wander off yeah yeah you know Sure, wander off permanently. Yeah, just wander off a cliff. <laughs> just like, big cook. Yeah, never mind. So, do you, <laughs> to conclude, do you think uh, England will smell more or less like urine after the Brexit? <laughs> I reckon that's just there for just forever. Just for centuries of, of British yeah. people pissing beer onto the streets. Yeah. It's um, seeped in history and, we and urine. Like, yeah, it's going to take a couple of years to really see the consequences of this boat as mm. well. Mm. You know what I mean? So. But there's also there's a chance that they just won't leave as well. There's yeah, yeah, like yeah. That can be it can be opposed again. But then that would be kind of overrunning the the vote, you know, the right to democratic vote. Mm. So it's this, yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's a fucking like, mess. So you would also you'd imagine, wouldn't you? Now after that happening, when they do, because they're doing the the vote on Scotland yeah, remaining yeah. in the UK yeah. again, eh? So you'd imagine that Scotland will leave UK next year. Yeah, and and then there's rambling rumblings about um, Ireland unifying and yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, which would be well, pretty incredible. That's the so, the world hasn't like really. Oh wait, well not the Western world. The Western <laughs> world hasn't like kind of changed like that in our time, has it? No, not really. Not. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, I guess parts of Europe have. Mm. Um. But I guess that's the other thing, though, and it's hard to know how much truth is that, but people are saying that the European Union has created a lot of peace within those, like, continental European countries. Right. And if that... Because potentially... Yeah, like, peace for who? Like, that's always the question when it comes <coughs> to policymakers and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, well, I guess... Just a question. Yeah, I mean, I'm not totally sold on it, but I, I, I suppose outside of Greece... The, you know, the, like all those states aren't yeah. killing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, not, not that Greece yeah. are killing each other, but it's sort of falling to pieces. Yeah. Um, my friends went there, though. It sounded pretty exciting at the same time. They said there's like like just huge um, swathes of the cities being taken over by anarchist collectives. Yeah, and... yeah. Did you go there when you were on tour? Nah, but um, I've been told about that by people who have been there too. It's just like parts of the city that the cops can't enter. Yeah, and, uh, like reclaimed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Reclaim Maybe you could go there for then. Then you wouldn't need a job. Yeah, I can hang out there. Maybe. Wouldn't need a job. Probably. <laughs> By the end of this episode, we're gonna have you a plan. Yeah, like yeah. your fucking like your like, next oh, yeah. ten years He's of your life planned yeah. out. Dan needs some work, so if you're an aspiring rapper, doesn't matter how shit you are. He'll in put, fact, the shitter the better. Yeah, he'll he'll put up with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but how um, do they get hold of you, Dan? Um, podcast. Yeah. Just head up the podcast Facebook page. Yeah, and we'll we'll ask, put you in touch with Dan. Ask for Dan. Yeah. Tell them Todd and Dom sent you, but we'll be replying to the message. And by message aspiring, you may have never written a rap in your life, but want to give it a yeah, go? Yeah, if you just want to... have to be rappers either. Okay. No. Just anyone. You could be a okay. musician, vocalist. Maybe you're a teacher and you have a class of um, students. You'd like to bring them all through the recording studio. Maybe you're a drunk person that just wants to like make funny voices into yeah. a microphone. Dan's got you. Yeah. Affordable race. <laughs> Yeah. Other podcasters. Honestly, if Max Key can make it, well, that video is pretty awesome, eh? Oh wow, that's incredible. I feel like I missed out on something. You not seen the video? Hilarious, no. Oh, it's fucking insane. Bring it up then. It's so good. Uh, Just look up Max Key music video. Paradise, it's called. It's um. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I'm in the week before yeah absolutely oh the week before he was in the anti-bullying campaign saying like are people just you know they don't think I'm a n- normal person because of who my dad is <laughs> 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 it's like 
Because I actually am in touch or pre- trying to pretend he is in touch. And then well, it's just... like that New Zealand Herald article where he's like literally floating in the air and he's in his, you know, his undies and his pants mm. or whatever. And it says, and in the article, he specifically said he's really grounded. It's like either the editor had a real fun mm. time with the image and the text. Mm. Yeah. It's like, dude, you are not like us. You will never be like us. <laughs> and, and I mean, me. are you kidding? And he can't be either. Like, and the, the and like I don't want him to be like I don't know what the, why there's this massive effort of him I, pr- pretending to be I guess so he can have a fucking fledging music career. But like, it's weird with the video though because yeah it's just I mean is it is it is it guys, ready to go? Ready to go. I'm yeah. so excited. We don't need to have the sound on. Hopefully it's well, just. Will that will that not come through the recording, Dan? No. Yeah. Uh, well, Max on. keys. Oh my god, this already looks low. Yeah, he's dancing in the end, like in a club with a fucking... Oh, is that his ex-girlfriend? No, nah, I don't think so. Oh, oh he's like... I wonder naked. who made it. Maybe me and Joel could get a job doing yeah. videos for... Um, well, he's Max just King. like you guys. You know, he should definitely be <laughs> getting, you know... Yeah, he reckons he worked at the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is, this is a problem where wealth really distorts reality, that if any way he thinks his life is like our lives. He's, you know, I think he paid with that. I think he paid for that chopper with the money he saved up while he was working at the where did he say he worked? The warehouse or something? Oh my god, McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. No, he never worked at McDonald's. He reckons he worked there. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon, he's like rubbish. I reckon he's doing what his dad did, he's learning to be a financial Mm. broker, financial speculator, whatever, and that's what he's learning to be at at university. Yeah, it'd be quite nice if you just. You had no scruples and you liked money though, eh? Because then you're just like, this is all I want. Do you know, do you know what's fucked up? This, re- like, you know, okay, so John Key's kids, Max Key is a DJ, musician, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. quotation marks. Yeah. And his other daughter is, you know, Stephanie Key. She is a photographer and she's an artist. Like, I mean, her, her photography looks like a bad, horrific ripoff of David Lashipal's work. But anyway, yeah. the point is that both of his kids are artists. Mm. That's what they've chosen to do. Mm. And they have all the leisure time in the world to explore that to be artists because mm. they've got all that extra time. But then his whole entire government has slashed funding to the arts. Mm. One of the yeah. first funding they, they pulled was to Pacifica and Māori Arts. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, like, that so yeah. often... Yeah, so I find that, that shits me. Yeah, like, absolutely. So to the, the message to the rest of the country is arts is superfluous and... His dilettante children are fucking gallivanting around the globe, fucking making terrible, making terrible, terrible art, terrible, yeah. terrible art. making and garbage. I just, I think, and you getting know, like press coverage for where, she's where it wouldn't it. absolutely be warranted if their father wasn't who their father is, and yeah. I wonder what's gonna happen when he goes out of power. Though. I guess. So. Well, Max Key's already kind of got this celeb- you know, celebrity base, and yeah, so he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Ooh, I don't know. I reckon the myth might get him. It got Dan. It could get Max. Let's just... I. This is awful, <laughs> but I'm like, all right, I'd be fine with that, to be honest with you. But yeah, it is, <laughs> I think... I love um, how you have this meanness glow. I do. I really, like, I, you know, it's, you have to have a meanness, I think. And I think overwhelmingly, art is not a, not a class a lot of us are born into anymore. Because mm. what we do, if you cannot... If you, if you as a person are not turning over capital then what worth do you have to this economy? Mm. Unless you can commodify your labour. But I think that's why you've got to like... I, I, I think that then, as long as you I mean, as long as you don't have children, if you have children, then I don't even understand how you could make art. But if you don't, then <laughs> you kind of just have to go to ground and just be like, well, this is what I do. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think in some ways, as an artist, it kind of makes it better because then yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's defined. It's like, okay, well, you're going to be here. You're going to be broke. Mm. You're not going to be taken seriously. But, you know, and you're kind of left alone to develop in a way, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. And you kind of kind got... Of. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I, <laughs> I'm appreciative of that experience of, like, sticking to something and deciding to do it regardless of what that meant for me financially because then you like then you learn the value in that you know yeah that isn't yeah. financial and that is yeah. fulfilling and like and you either like the, you know the only reason why you're doing it is because you want to do it yeah but it, so i would i'd be happy to get like more money obviously. yeah like we <laughs> but, all would yeah. like a, but but like so i did five years of art school low that's why i did 10 years of hospitality um mm. but that's the thing though yeah you can't but how long can you do that for do you know um, what I mean? Because thirty-eight years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and. But you. But yeah. Like I said. Well, you know. Like. But 
you know, like uh, we've sacrificed so much. I mean, like yeah, my yeah, health. Yeah, I didn't yeah, travel yeah. to us yeah. twenty eight. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even though I was going overseas and I was making fucking rap albums. You know what mm. I mean? And, and like, it's like, it's so, do you know what I hate? Like when you say what you do, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm a unionist. I'm a workers' rights activist. I make art. I write extensively about injustice. And mm. I wouldn't say exactly like that, but you know, mm. that just there is just this look on their face, like. You're 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 a loser. Like you you know what I mean? Because we, we don't value our but you know what's culture. Gonna ha- we we obliterate it. But there's really. but there's but there's kind of like this weird thing though, because I guarantee that as soon as you put your book out and it does well, that those same people will suddenly hold you in this ridiculous pedestal mm. which yeah, you can't yeah, live yeah, up to yeah, either. Yeah, so it's always I mean Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's yeah. This, I I and yeah, I like yeah, actually when I when I published that one chapter, a whole bunch of people were like, Hey, do you wanna go for coffee? I'm not doing it and I was like, Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah just even like marginal success or like you have a blog that gets shared in the tens of thousands or mm. some shit. Yeah, I, it is interesting because because that's how you've made it then, right? Like you're in the eye, like you're getting, you're proving yourself. You're slowly ticking away. And there's also a lot of people like um, just don't understand. Like they get confused. You know what I mean? And and, and you know like I when I'm trying to explain when I try and explain what I do to people, and it's always like, well, I kind of write stuff, and then you teach this, and you do, it. and it is. But then yeah. if you can just say, look, I did that thing. Yeah, that yeah, they yeah. Know and about. Yeah, and they yeah. Then they're like, it. okay, I got it. Well, like, see, so, like, especially if it's someone that does have some knowledge, I'm like, well, I have in zero hour contracts, you know, and it's just stuff like that. Which, you did know, you? No, yeah, you know, Unite awesome. Union. Well, Unite Union, heaps of us did, like, and that's mm. the thing. But that's the other thing, like, when something's a collective, like, because I care about community, I care about collective acts, like, I'm not that interested in anything else, to be honest mm. with you. And you can't quantify that because yeah. we don't, community is not, important to a lot of people yeah yeah it's not something we value yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah the joys of being an artist <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it is i mean i and and it's the other thing is that like me and Toto of a generation where you know like 10 like i used to live right by where we were and it was 120 dollars a week yeah, 10 years yeah, ago yeah. you know what i mean so there was that yeah. as well yeah whereas i like some I'm of, the same like, for me too i'm mm. like 30 so yeah yeah but then like some of these young people that I've met from music and stuff and it's just like I don't know how the fuck well, you guys manage it but, like, but mm. that's the thing like increasingly like yeah. a- accessing even higher education you go to university with the slashing of the allowances three years ago now I think um, just all those little this is the genius of the fucking national party um, unlike other parties around the world who have done like sweeping austerity measures like for instance with the, with the student loan reforms and stuff happening to universities 11 different policies have been introduced over a very long period of time so it, you know, it's that you know, it's that metaphor, or that fable of the um, the frog being slowly bored alive in the pot, and the, the frog doesn't realise because right. the heat's being very slowly turned yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and that is the genius of this national party. Mm. That is why they've got to stay because they never ever push through huge sweeping reforms. Like for instance, when you know Ruth Richardson pushed through the first really brutal welfare reforms. Um, you know that had quite a lot of pushback because mm. they were so brutal yeah. but national have just very slowly over time introduced these crippling policy reforms mm. and then they also do those things where they pretend like they're addressing issues like that that what was that bullshit 25 dollars thing on uh oh. extra 25 dollars yeah, to yeah, 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 mothers yeah. but then it wasn't even like it applicable even... if you yeah. were receiving additional support such as fucking accommodation supplement which like 90 something percent yeah. of people on the benefit are so yeah yeah, yeah. so it wasn't yeah. even applicable but it was like this big thing in the budget and they're like yeah we're addressing look how amazing we are yeah. and but really what about the money to send people out of the fucking city that they live in well and that's just going to disenfranchise and further alienate people that are where do they want to send them ashburton where we drove through ashburton when we were on tour yeah, yeah. That, where, like, out that to the like the margins of society and really that's that's not even coded classism or racism or anything that's mm. like you know overwhelmingly like we know that homelessness and poverty acutely affects Pacifica and Maori people mm. so who and, and women and migrants so who is this really going to affect the most yeah. the policies are blatantly it just, it just doesn't seem though like even for like a right wing borderline psychopathic party <laughs> borderline I, come on you know but well not to, totally not to be mean to psychopaths but like it yeah. seems like I'm it sure just, there's some really nice ones John Key yeah. is not one of them yeah but yeah. it just seems like it shouldn't be like that policy doesn't make any fucking sense like we're gonna pay people to leave like do you know what I mean like but it, but it was also that whole thing like when I was on welfare I've been on welfare so much in my life 
um, a couple of years ago and they were paying you like 2k to move down to Christchurch yeah, but yeah. They're, they're paying you to move to places with no jobs so they're mm. literally setting you up to fail but that's neoliberalism continuously it's a broken economic flawed model that continuously fails people but then you're blamed for it like I think mm. this quote by Jane Kelsey in, you know, in her book um, The Fryer Economy which I highly recommend I think this pretty much sums it up like people are told not to look to their government for help or protection harm thus becomes individualised and the victims can be blamed for their misfortunes and yeah. that that is exactly mm. the society we live in and Hello. and that's why people get suicidal and depressed because mm. they feel like they have no option that they're worthless pieces of shit and like what a terrible society that so we you hear that Dan you're not a worthless piece of yeah, shit yeah you're not you're okay not. Dan good Dan good news yeah yeah, yeah. you're um, totally not a worthless piece of shit that, no that's a great quote I think it's the first time anyone's actually quoted something usually we're just paraphrasing oh cool speculating that was impressive um <laughs> um I'm going to start being support it. material. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, yeah, I just, because I know I He's not, sometimes. don't worry. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> just an array of check pants. Go yeah. on, that's all right. My support material is cigarettes and um, these glasses of water. Mean. Um, what was I going to fuck it in the I've lost my so, thought a few times now, and now I feel like a dick. It happens. No, it just happens. But this is, where oh, we, this is yes. where we insert a segment. You've got a segment? No, I don't have a segment. Okay. But, um, <laughs> then why did you bring it up, dude? Well, we, can, we can do highs and lows. <laughs> we can do highs and lows. I was yeah. going to say something on this topic, though. Oh, um, like about the idea that, you know, it is your fault. Like, everything, you know, mm. if you what succeed or fail, no, it's almost like structural sexism, racism, all that shit doesn't exist and that you're on your own. Mm. Yeah. You're and, on and your own. That's what we're told. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and... and but how do we create these new communities? Because I think that's really the... Um, yeah, that's how things will change, is if people can come together. Yeah. Well, you look at all the things that have popped up in recent years. Yeah. So things like AAAP, yep. fucking Eat My Lunch. There's like, yep. there's like fucking five or so different organisations that. that are feeding school kids that don't have food at school. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like heaps of them. Just things like that popping up, I, th- I find quite encouraging. But it is also then it pisses you off as well. Because if you go and see the work those people are doing and, like, heaps of volunteering, like, yeah, pooling always. resources, always. like... And it's, like, these people are just doing this, like, unsupported when our government should be doing fucking something well, about that, it. But that's it. That's mm. That quote sums it up. And that, you know, you know, after the 80s, that's when everything really started to shift, where, you know, these you know, social spending was starting to slowly be eroded away, all of that stuff. Um, education was no longer free, I think, after the 1992. Hopefully I got that right. Um, so all of these, slowly we've had all of this stuff taken away from us and we're now living in a society where, we, you know what, and we will shame each other. You know, it's so entrenched in us that if if you're not doing well and someone that you know starts doing okay, like, we, we people punch down. Mm. And instead of, like, extending a hand and being like yeah. okay I'm doing better now how can I use my privilege and my luck because fuck loads of this is about luck yeah yeah whether mm. you are like Max Key and Stephanie Key and you won the genetic lottery which mm. P.S. that takes no skill mm. you just got shot out of some rich person's vagina mm. do you know what I mean yeah so I yeah I think that a lot of it is luck and it is about extending I think and the music industry is yeah. a perfect microcosm of that like oh, really? for so I long yeah. you know people would get successful and just pull the ladder up yeah and then you see something like um what someone like Tom Scott did, did when he came along and he brought all his mates with him and said, no, I'm going to... And, and what, a, what a change it has done, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, we, I, I think we talked about it on this last podcast, but at that YGB yeah. thing a couple of weeks ago, it was just, yeah, like, yeah. unimaginable how yeah. cool and how what a community it, it was. I know, he's totally invigorated, like, community in that cool. scene in New Zealand. And, yeah, that's fucking dope. Speaking of um, funding and creativity and music so have you seen the new new zealand on air model yeah i don't understand it exactly is it super complicated um what i've read isn't but it's like so there's still the there's some positives i took from it there were things like um you know, not the be-all and end-all being a music video now. There's some focus on, like, digital promotion and that sort of stuff. Um, but then there's, like... So now there's album or project funding again. And the the requirements to to 
be eligible for project funding, which is a big funding. I think you can get yeah. like between thirteen and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first requirement yeah, it states is that you are partnered with a quotation marks professional music company, which I assume means a record label. Yeah. Which yeah. is um, and they have to match like forty percent of it. I wonder if we could get someone from New Zealand to come on the podcast. That would be cool. Well, that would be yeah. real interesting. But I just think that's so fucking backward to, like, why... In this day and age. Yeah, yeah. like... But once again, that's giving opportunities to people that have those opportunities. Yeah, like, that, exactly. that have the, the contacts and the necessary means to even get that. Yeah, so so something... The more I thought about this, because I was like, well, arts funding's difficult, blah, 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 you know. It's like, okay, so... the. The committee needs to come from within the community. It doesn't need to be like given to the community, you know. The so the people who make these decisions, it should be a community decision. It yeah. shouldn't be like some people who are selected by some people who know fuck all about creativity and um, innovation and you know. And because it's like you see it with New Zealand Television, what it's done is just they keep churning out fucking garbage because yeah, the yeah, people yeah. in charge of the funding don't fucking know about innovating or being creative they're like ah oh, yeah have not familiar with this concept well, who's, on a, who's on a label you know if you think about like just at well, okay, no one. In hip-hop just just in hip-hop you know what i mean who's on a label no like one. even swit it like they're doing super well at the moment yeah. um you know manu and they're doing and, really well because well, you're better like, off just to have yeah. good management these days and not when, fucking... you, you, when you get on a label right there's heights of they quite constricting right well, usually or well, how does it I'm now, 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 nowadays yeah, I'm actually asking nowadays no they want a fucking like if you were making music and you're on a label when you worked at McDonald's they'd want some of your McDonald's wages like they take a they take portion everything. of everything so like, like it's called like a 360 deal so basically yeah, they yeah, take yeah. your merch your show money um, any money any money that you day. income that you make till you pay off the debt yeah. uh, and the thing is that okay. the debt they so you have to become indebted to be creative, mm. but to get on a label and then get the contact. So it becomes, yeah, so it's basically, impossible. yeah, so basically, what is like in a in a declining and they economy? Make music that they want. Yeah, declining economy. They're asking you to go into debt with a record label and yeah, yeah. Which but is you know the craziest feasible. thing about the debt though is that they don't pay the debt off the gross. They pay it off the amount that you earn. Mm. So yeah, just say yeah. if you earn three dollars per CD, it comes out of that three dollars, yeah, not yeah. out of the. Twenty dollars at the CDs, yeah, yeah. so that yeah, it's so just it's, it's, it's completely just, unfair. You just end up yeah. in some dented servitude for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's a big label. I mean, obviously, there's lots of small labels that don't operate like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, but most of them are going down the tube. So yeah, it if, just seems like a weird. And and like you as an artist, like whether it's you're a musician or a writer or whatever, like you do get to a point where you're so desperate just to make money out of what you do. Mm. Like you know, and I think that that's when you start compromising, and that's something I've yeah. never wanted to do. Like, and I that's why. Don't worry, if you haven't done it by now, you're not going to do I'm it. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm never going to make money. I write on yeah. poverty. Like, oh my, like, something like only 1% of reporting in America is on poverty. Stuff like, you know, it's... it's but that's it, great that you've found, like, so, something that you're passionate about and there's yeah. room for it, you know? Like. Yeah, and I don't know, I think... that, And that's the thing, like, you know, to go back to communities quickly, like, that's, that's what, like, pulled me out of being, like, seriously depressed. Like, I don't have a chemical imbalance. My depression was seriously situational. Like, I would go for a week solid, not getting out of bed, like, taking sleeping pills, mm. like, drinking bottles of wine and shit. That's mm. not healthy. You know, and you when I... Good? Yeah, just don't go there. It's not fun. Um, like, it kind of was fun. A little mm. bit. But, um, yeah, I think that's the thing. When you start connecting to communities that are bigger than you, that, like, you know, for me, it was, like, connecting with unions, and it was, like, really feeling like I was part of something. Mm. And that... Because, like, you know, you start to feel quite disenfranchised. You start to feel like... You're, that, that you're alone and mm. I think that that's what they want that's what politicians like John Key want mm. they want you to feel alone and that you have no power yeah. and that's what I really learned with stuff like Unite Union particularly people like Joe Caroline he's an incredible organiser like he just always made me feel so included and I started turning up to these packet lines and I started being like actually this is awesome and there's actually something quite incredible like just for an example you know with the TPPA blockade that we had and we're like shutting down these motorways there's something so incredible about just running with all these people that give a shit, are willing to put their bodies on the line, and then you're like literally linking arms with them. Yeah, those days are incredible, right? Nothing like, better. Yeah, and you I really... live for that. I yeah, live for that shit yeah, yeah. every day. Like I live for that. Like so, that's what gets me out of bed. So heartening, like going down there, and then like a big thing for me with the TPPA marches was um, 
Like, I was running into all these other young people who were from my, like, rap uh, community. And, like, and I had not envisioned seeing them there or whatever. I'd be like, oh, fuck, that's incredible. And, like, yeah. heaps of them. And, yeah, and just uh, that was so fucking... And just the general feeling in the air is amazing, like... Yeah, yeah, Of yeah. kind of, you know... And you feel, like, connected. Yeah. And that's what that is. I think that's it, right? We live in this world that wants you to feel disconnected and, mm. like, that you don't matter and that you've got no power. And that's what happens when, you know, like, that's how Fight for 15 happened, how they, you know, people came together and had had enough. Mm. You know, enough is enough. And that's the same with the N Zero Hours. Like, we should be so proud of that as a country. Like, we are, that is a landmark win for workers' mm. rights. Ending zero-hour contracts, horrible contracts, you know, they literally put you at the whim of your employer. We are the only country to do that. Right. The only country in the world. That's and cool. there's so much that we, you know, I think we think we're this passive little backwater fucking country. We're not. Mm. Well, we used to be a, like so progressive until. Yeah, yeah. until the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking neoliberalism. Like, yeah. 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 But nah, definitely. Where we at, Dan? Just over now. Boom. Sick. Done. Hey, thank you so much. It was oh, wait, we finally done, made it. We haven't done highs and lows. Oh, are we coming back to this again? What are highs and lows? You just say the like shittest thing and the best thing that's happened in your week. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think I even oh. have good ones. You got no good ones. It's like only Tuesday, but it's Monday. Um, oh, the last week. Oh, ah, yeah, well, yeah. that makes more sense than my yeah. head now. Um, Logic's not my strong. My high, I went and saw my sisters and my mum because my sisters moving to Sydney mm-hmm. and we had a really nice mushroom pie mm-hmm. and then I got the dog and I put the dog on the table when it was running mm-hmm. around everyone was yelling and then the cat came in and then no I t- and then typical Hoey actually no I'll tell you I'll tell you my high like... I'll tell you my high um, I feel like this is going to be anti-climax but continue no it's not it's like, <laughs> I feel so like we were out with my sister who's got a um, her and her Mexican boyfriend were just in Mexico and they came back and he was hanging out with me and um, my partner and my other sister and then my other sister was saying um, that what's going on Oh, the phone's going crazy. Mum. Sorry, Mum. And then my sister was saying that my sister Claire, who's got the Mexican boyfriend, was in her room and the cat vomited everywhere. So then she called the dog in to eat the vomit and the dog ate it and then she went to sleep and woke up and the dog had done diarrhea all over the room. Oh, that's so not fun. And her her boyfriend was like, I've never heard of such a thing. What do you mean? (laughs) I've got this really fluffy cat and sometimes he just likes to sit in his own shit and then he'll like jump on my bed at like 2 in the morning and I'm like, oh, why? Like, yeah, Fucking yeah. animals. No, that's, oh. that's when the, that's when I'd lose my veganism. Yeah. Um, and my, <laughs> my low is my sore neck. Obviously. Oh, my low is... I've been wishing winter upon myself all year. <laughs> and then this morning I woke up and I was like, I just don't want winter on Mondays. Like, rest of the week, choice. Winter's the shit. Monday morning, I don't want winter. So I was, that was a bit of a low point today. My high was... Um, hung out with my little sister. She's over from Melbourne. That was really cool. But um, I went to that uh, doggy style for Daisy gig at Galatos on Saturday that all those RMC people put on. Yeah. And it was real cute, man. It was like, it was uh, the girl who put it on, I think, was in a car accident with this, her friend Daisy who passed away like three years ago. So they do it annually and they do this... Uh, and it's a fundraiser for because their friend was real into um, animal rights, so oh, they cool. do a fundraiser in memory of their friend. That's it was super nice. It was like a real good vibe because it was like heaps of her friends. I met her dad there. Her dad was there with Russell Brown. Oh, cool. Yeah, so yeah, love seeing Russell Brown. I was like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "This is Daisy's dad." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And yeah, just a really nice vibe and that idea of community, you know, like yeah, yeah, and these yeah. people three years on still remembering their friend and doing something for her I thought it was real sweet it's awesome mm. um so a high for me last week was Friday I met up with a lawyer who's like fully prepared to fight for hospital workers and so FYI if you are a hospital worker and you are not getting proper representation you can contact me just type in Chloe Ann King into the internet or Facebook and we will represent you if you are being fucked over in any way where were you 10 yeah. years ago yeah well right like that's that is awesome yeah yeah yeah. so So um we're like moving to do a peer-to-peer union where we then also teach like other hospital workers how to rep each other so yeah we're we're really pushing to regulate and like we will come and we will i literally want to have every shitty restaurant and bar owner hate me that is (laughs) um what was my low (coughs) and like i i don't know if i had many lows 
Good. Yeah. You think that's right. Sweet. Danny? Dan. Speaking to the mic, Dan. Go on. I was. Do it. Weekend snowboarding in Queenstown. Shit. This weekend. Oh, that's last weekend. Fuck. Um, I really yeah, this whole episode talking about being poor and Dan's out fucking snowboarding. Doing the flips. Why I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. um, I already have a low, but cooking I had the an pork. altercation yeah. with a Scottish woman. Oh, yeah. How? Was, uh, Scottish we people will yell at you. Yeah. It's not an amazing story, but we're in Queenstown and we went, girlfriend went bungee jumping and mm. we walked in and I was like, okay, where's the bungee place? And... She had a really thick Scottish accent. Mm. She said, are you booked in? And I thought she said, are you a bit dim? <laughs> and I was like, fuck. She's like, you're a bit dim. Say. I was like, oh, seriously? Shit. She was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my girlfriend was like, she said, are you booked in? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you said, oh, am I a bit dim? She was like, are you a bit dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now the question becomes more relevant. More pertinent. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. That is good. Mm. That is funny. That's good. That's the name of the episode. Are you a bit dumb? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a bit dumb? <laughs> the Sco- question mark. Full stop. Scottish people can be incredibly hard to understand, though. i got to commiserate with you there, Dan. Yeah. I've had some times. She just looked me in the face and was like, are you a bit dumb? <laughs> So you went bungee jumping? No. Your girlfriend did. Did she enjoy it? Yeah. I never bungee jump. No, fuck that. I'm not even afraid of heights and I still wouldn't do it. Because that's a lot of money to throw yourself off a bridge. So if it was free, you'd do it? Yeah, well, it's free. Um, if, I mean, if it's free, like, I'm all for free stuff. You can pay me to I do got that. offered a free one. I went, did you do it? Oh, you didn't. No, I would I do If it was free, like, if stuff's free, I'll probably do it. Mm. Yeah. That's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, you gotta be careful who you who you're hanging out with when you yeah. take that attitude. Yeah. If I was hanging out with my friend Dred, I would have done lots of bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he's always offering for me to pay, pay for me to do terrible shit. And you're like, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Learn um, to say no. <laughs> last Game of Thrones tonight. Oh yeah. Look I'm into that. Vikings. I like Vikings. Ah, as I well. like Vikings. So oh yeah. my god. Yeah. There's so many strong female protagonists. There is. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot in Game so of Thrones good. as well. I like. Not that I want to open this Pandora's box, but um, <laughs> okay. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ragnar's the man. Yeah, he's, he's great. The problem with Vikings though is that it presents. I love Vikings. See, I was really enjoying it because I was. I'm, like, I'm already getting upset. Like we're we're going here. So I read a bit. <laughs> I I've read a bit about Viking history, and so, at the beginning of it is like links up with yeah. this historical yeah, stuff yeah. that's happened, mm. and so I assume that all the other stuff, which was like as far as like a plot do it kind of didn't work that well and there were bits that kind of had holes in them and I was yeah, like well yeah. they're sticking to but history it's, it's Hollywood. they're sticking to history so whatever yeah. then I find out they're not and I was like well why the fuck didn't you make the bloody plot yeah, devices I see, work I got mm. so excited about the shield maidens I was like oh my god they really exist and then I looked it up and it's like really sketchy and they probably didn't exist and I was right. like oh no, the, such a letdown the women did fight though yeah, they yeah they did right, but yeah. they're still what they were called. And but anyway, they're, mm. they're, no, the, but yeah. the woman definitely fought, and I think okay, that's um, right then. I'm reading re- re- about that in Sweet. Iceland. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, nice. They had Vikings. Do you know Viking is a verb to go Viking? Mm. Really? Yeah, you have done your reading. Yeah, Jesus. I quite like medieval history. Yeah, yeah, mm. Vikings are cool. Okay. Look at the way you look at me. <laughs> well, I was just, I was actually just looking at you and thinking that you, if you had like ten more inches on your beard and hair, you'd, you'd totally be like resemble a Viking. a Viking. Yeah. You should just dress up as a Viking for one episode, but like point black and not tell anyone and sit there like. Well, I've got a uh, Mexican normal. wrestling mask over there, which is yeah, that'll cost you. Am I sitting on it? No. Yeah, it's alright. Really Apparently, he's the most famous of all the wrestlers. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think wears that mask. Claire went to it. Looks like sister. a gimp mask. His, it does. Eh? His name is um Chrome Hombre. Alright, and on that note, we're out. Choice. Thank you. Awesome. Cool.